Welcome into another Red Out Podcast. I'm your host, Evan. We're going to talk some Western sports tonight. We got football. We're talking IU recap. We're going to preview the Michigan State game. And we've got some other stuff in store for you later on, talking about rivals and stuff like that we missed. So if you would, we hey, appreciate a follow. How about them support. Tops, Thank you very son. much. All day. SEC boys. You're listening to the Red Out Podcast. All right, guys, how's it going? It's good to be in tonight. Let's see if we can get Jared on here in a couple seconds. And uh, yeah, I just wish we had a. I wish I could just. I'm I'm a perfectionist. I just want to blend it. Uh, looks like I got Jared in the studio. Let's see if I can get him talking here in just a second. Um, so anyway, guys, um, looking and trying to find some information here on some football writers. Here we go. We got grading the tops. That's what I want to read later. Uh, Jared, can I get you on, buddy? Hello. There you are. How's it going, buddy? It's going good. How are you? Good, doing good. Um, so, I, I did. I do have to tell you. Um, my mother asked me today. She's like, "I want to see a picture of Jared," <laughs> <laughs> and I showed her. Of course, she's like, "She's like, I thought he would be like a big guy." I was no. like, "Where did that?" I was like, I, "I guess it's your voice. I guess she just assumed that you were a big, tall, deep-voiced person. I don't know." Well, I mean, spoiler alert, I'm like 5'4 and like 120 pounds soaking wet, so not really. <laughs> I will say the picture I showed her was with you and Helton and uh, Big Red. Oh, yes, that's a good picture. That's a really good picture. <laughs> I was like, this is Jared, and she's like, oh my gosh. She's like, what does Matt look like? Like, I got you. Hold on a second. <laughs> oh, there's plenty of good pictures of him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was pretty funny. Uh, I tried to find some of the best... Uh, like with him at at sporting events because I know how bad it is. Well, good, good, not necessarily bad, bad, but mm-hmm. um, but you know Matt, you know how he is at games and he even oh, gets yeah. into it pretty good. So, um, I guess I will start off this week with our winners and losers. Um, I have to make an apology. Mm. So a couple weeks back, I really talked trash about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and he finally made an appearance. Like he, he really did. He really did. He really. And that was that was a glimpse of the old Aaron Rodgers coming through, and it was so nice to see. Um, he just he did so good. It just it really surprised me. Um, I even like okay so. I I won't say I'm a fair weather fan. I am somewhat but anyway he I, I stayed up till 11 of course they're playing in san fran so i'm like i'm an old man i'm not staying up any later just to watch him get beat by san francisco so oh, yeah so i come back the next day to check scores and i didn't even check the score i just see this post and this on tiktok and this guy's like you gave him too much time and i'm like oh oh so i find the video on youtube and I sat and watched it, and I was like, are you kidding me? I cannot <laughs> believe I missed that. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the old Aaron Rodgers coming through. And it's just so sad to me. 
If there is time on the clock, then that's enough time for Aaron Rodgers. It, it really was. He had a lot more time, and I thought, well, you know, this is this is could be pretty bad. You know, <laughs> I don't know how things are going to go, but um. Anyway, and I diverge. Uh, uh, I digress. I diverge. Um, so uh, I'll diverge to another topic. So my loser this week is me because I'm hurting so bad right now. I um, I worked on a sink, and I'm a big guy, okay? Mm-hmm. So sinks are not made for big guys to work under, and I have done something to my shoulder, and I kid you not, it's like it's like the cartilage in my ribs or something is killing me. And my shoulder's killing me. And it's not even like the shoulder I was laying on that I was working on. It was the shoulder on top. So (laughs) I don't know if I sprained it or something. But Sunday was an awful day for me. Saturday, my wife and I had a nice day where we let Abby stay with her grandma. And we went out and did a few things and picked up a sink and some other things. And when we got back Saturday, I discovered that the closet rack and my closet it's got those like metal racks that hold the clothes up mm-hmm. those all fell um so basically like all of our clothes had just landed in the floor because That's they fun. the person who installed them used plastic yeah 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 oh, it's great it's great no. yeah it was a lot of fun uh so i just left them until sunday and <laughs> went to lowe's and got a few things to fix it and it was just like uh whoo you know it's kind of like uh anger management goose faba. <laughs> uh, but everything got fixed. It wasn't a big deal. But it was uh, it was just a very busy day for the, my only day off on the weekend. So that sounds about right. I mean, today's yeah. one of my only days off, and like I was running around everywhere today. <laughs> That's how my days normally are. So, uh, so Jared, do you have any winners or losers? Yes. So the winner is me. Like fifteen minutes before the podcast started, my mom, like I was about to eat, and she was taking the dog for a walk, and she calls me. I'm just like, oh god, the dog probably got loose or something. But yeah. No, she told me there was a snake in the driveway, and there's two types of people: the one the people that uh, love snakes, and two people that are normal. <laughs> and I am <laughs> one of the people that are not normal, so I had to go see what it was. I grew up watching Steve Irwin and Jeff Corwin and all those amazing oh, like anim- animal people. <laughs> yes, and it was just this little tiny snake just chilling in our driveway. I wanted to pick it up so bad, but I didn't want to give my mom a stroke because she didn't know who was poisonous. So it was a gray rat snake. It wasn't poisonous uh, or anything. It's just a little rat snake. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it made me so happy. I hadn't seen this snake in like years around my house. So I mean, that made my day. Yeah, that's that's uh, I, I enjoy I enjoy seeing snakes. I'm not scared of snakes by the any means. My father is terrified of snakes, um, but I, I've actually caught snakes on the farm and like they would be in the road and I'd catch them and I would take them to our corn crib, mm-hmm. the place where we store our field corn for our cattle for our cattle. Just in case for those of you who don't understand my slang terms. Um, and, uh, I took it, I would take it to the corn crib and I would, you know, let it go to hopefully it would stick around and eat the mice and rats and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, Hey, I'm not scared of snakes. I do not try to pick up poisonous snakes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I knew it wasn't poisonous just because of the shape of the head. You can tell, but yes. I mean, I just, I just kind of let it just slither away and just chill, but I hadn't seen one like around my house in so long. So it was fun. I like snakes. They're pretty neat. So, is this? Is, are you going to 
try to purchase a snake in the meantime? Oh, God, no. No, I don't need one that bad. <laughs> it's just like whenever you encounter one in the wild, it's just like it's such a well, weird I mean, they do. You realize they do sell like sand boas and stuff like that, which are really small oh, snakes. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I would say, I was always one of those people that would see them and stuff, and I'd like pet snakes or whatever. I mean, it's whatever, but I, I wouldn't want to own one. Well, I mean, it's not like a big boa or anything. Like a sand, little those little sand boas are little bitty dudes. Yeah, um, but I, I like do, seeing I, one, and I like seeing one in the wild. That way, it's not behind like a cage, and it can just still live and be free. Yeah, I mean, it's it's to each his own. I've got a. Personally, as far as reptiles go, I have a I have a bearded dragon, but yeah, which I remember that that's really cool. I, I she is a lot of fun. She's a lot of work, um, and I would say she's partially the reason I haven't had a vacation in a while. So, yeah. uh, for those of you wanting one, take that into account. Um, so what else you got, bud? Uh, I guess losers still has to be my dolphins because they have to find the most heartbreaking ways to ruin my day. <laughs> They were losing to the Raiders like last second, get a touchdown and a two point conversion to tie the game, goes into overtime and just lose in overtime. And I'm just like, you were this close. You were so close. Why could you just not pull it out? They play the Colts this week, so I'm really hoping they can win. Well, but... I mean, in in their defense, I am never been a big fan of the overtime rules for uh, the pros. Yeah, me neither. Because I mean, for one thing, yeah, I mean, what they kicked a field goal and won it—that's that's boring. Mm-hmm. Like, like you need the other to go, team answer. Yeah, I mean, at least give them one more possession. Mm-hmm. It's not going to take that much longer. Just um, let them start instead of like in college starting at like the twenty-five, I think, in overtime. Make them start at like the fifty-yard line. Because yeah, NFL 40, kickers, like Justin Tucker, he's another person. He hit like a sixty-six-yard field goal to win for the Ravens the other day, which is ridiculous. But, I mean, it started at, like, the 50-yard line and just, like, no time on the clock and just have them play and just do, like, college. You can have them, like, to defend first or score first and then just take it from there and just keep doing it that way because the fact that a professional sporting event can end in a tie is the stupidest thing that I hate in sports. Well, in, in football, I completely agree. Soccer and all that other stuff. Well, soccer I'm not makes getting into sense. that. I'm hockey, not getting into the politicalness of ties like, with them. See, a shootout in hockey, that's the ultimate solution to breaking a tie, which I do like that. But if uh, the yeah. NFL needs to do something with their overtime rules, in my opinion. Well, they're, well the reason they're not is because of uh, they're because they, they don't want to mix, miss the next game. Uh, and, and they allot so much time per game for, you know, for for instance, you're Miami or Oakland. You know they've got so much time, and if they go into overtime, you know the networks are going. Ooh, they're going to miss the first two minutes of a game that no know, one probably cares about. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. like this Thursday. Like I think it's tomorrow or tonight when people are listening. This is freaking Jacksonville Jaguars and Cincinnati Bengals. Like that's going to be such a premier primetime matchup. <laughs> so. I don't know how much you watch TikTok. Have you seen? Uh, there's a girl and her boyfriend or husband. I don't know, and her and the girl's dad, uh, and they will place NFL logos uh, in front of her, and she'll try and guess the team names. Oh, I've seen stuff like that before. Yeah, those are so funny to me. I just, <laughs> I was, I'm just laughing. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, because some of them she pulls out of this like, uh, the Arizona Cardinals were the Angry Birds. 
That's the mm-hmm. one I remembered the most. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> um, but uh, no, talking about um, uh, in a, uh, overtime rules, I completely agree. Um, and I mean, if each team has an automatic possession, like for instance, like you're talking about, I'm kicking a field goal. Yeah, that's fine if you kick a field goal, but let's just say, let's for instance, Oakland, Miami, they. Oakland kids possession first, they kick the field goal and then Miami gets it and scores the touchdown. Then it's over. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's almost beneficial not to go for the field goal in overtime. You want to go for the score in that situation mm-hmm. um, because you're going to get beat if you, you know, I mean, a field goal is a safe conservative bet, but not always as far as that would be concerned, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, whatever. Um, anyway, let's, uh, let's move on to Western sports. Because that's what people are really wanting to hear. Uh, so let's see who all we had playing besides football. We'll, we'll get to football here in just a second. Um, looks like we got a bunch of a bunch of golf. Uh, the UAB Graham McDowell Invitational in Birmingham took place the twenty eighth and twenty seventh, twenty eighth. The Lady Paladin Inf- Invitational, which by the way, that's kind of cool name for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Looks like Marshall played Western. Uh, is that volleyball? They won 3-0? Yeah, volleyball. And then uh, we beat them on Friday as well, 3-0. And soccer beat UAB in two overtimes, one to nothing. That is wild. I, I, still, don't, I still don't get the overtime rules with soccer. Like, is conference, like, not allowed to go have a tie? or I don't know. See, I don't, I don't have a clue either. Um, looks like middle one on the night or not middle <laughs> soccer beat middle on the 19th. I don't know if I covered that last week, but I just wanted to mention it. Um, but yeah, so soccer's doing well, looks like, and so is volleyball, which no surprise there. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's move on to football uh, pain. So for those of you who have not watched the game, go back Hilltopper Vault on YouTube. Check it out. It was actually a pretty good game. It was. And also, there, like, I, can t- I can tell you a little bit about like what it was like there because that was at the game. Yes. Okay, so, go ahead. As far as environment goes, it was really good. It was definitely the be- the best crowd that we've ever had. I think it was announced uh, 25,171 people. Yes, and that's, what I've, that's what I got here. And most of the fans got the memo it was a blackout. Like, I had took a picture because I was in 327, which is, like, on the far west side of the old section up top. And it shows, like, all the, like, like towards the left side and everything, just, like, how dense the crowd was and everyone wearing their black. It was really cool. I mean, everyone did their part. They showed up. It just bothers me. I mean, it's the Western tradition. All these people leave at halftime. I mean, it's just like the freaking exodus happened, all these people leaving. But, I mean, it was a really close game. It was a good environment. I got to see Matt. I got to see Alex, talk to them a little bit. Good, uh, good, good. The good, service good. is still horrible. I wish that I was able to connect to, like, really good Wi-Fi because I tried to post a video of the team running out, and it never went through. <laughs> and, like, the first few minutes, like, it was so overloaded. Like, my phone was so slow, I couldn't even tweet, and I was doing the live tweets. But thankfully, oh it finally worked. But. I mean, it was still really good. It's just really sad because we should have won that game like 50 different ways if one thing changes, which has been kind yes. of the story this year outside of the UT Martin game. But I guess I'll let you go talk about that first. 
Well, and if you haven't read Matt's Grading the Tops, I would totally read that. After you watch the game, uh, for those of you uh, listening and haven't seen it, watch the game first so you know exactly what we're talking about. Um, But for me, there was a series of unfortunate events that I think led up to our defeat. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt has got some some good good points here. Um, when not going forward on fourth and short, I think was the biggest knock in the sales. Yeah, I don't know what Helton said about it. I've got to go back and watch that press conference after the game. Uh, I imagine it's a lot of coach speak, but mm-hmm. um, I think he has to take a little bit of the blame. Yeah, I agree. Um, now, I know what he was thinking, and I w- we were kind of talking about it a little in the group chat, but he's thinking I would rather them have 80 yards to cover than 50 yards to cover. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. That's fine. But at the same point, if you take these guys out, you are you. he killed the momentum. And coach, some coaches don't believe in momentum, but some do. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the ones that do, I think I think that killed the momentum. Well, that was a big momentum killer right there because the defense came out cold. They, I don't know. I honestly, it was just, and then of course with the defense, they dropped nine on a third down. I'm pretty sure. I think it was a third down play. Yeah. They had two guys rushing, which is not beneficial whatsoever. Our secondary is about, is about as defensive as a girl on prom night. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm trying to use a little funny euphemism here. So it's just not, it's, it wasn't adequate at all. And you dropped nine players. And not only that, when you dropped nine players, one of your D linemen tripped. And I'm going to tell you right now, I played offensive line in high school. When that sucker trips, I'm going to lay on top of him. I don't care what's going on. You can lay on a defensive player and it's not holding. So guess what? He's done. You yeah. had one guy basically rushing Penix and four guys to block him. And they had all day. And yeah. it's like see, just once, and I tweeted this out too, just once, I want to see them bring a freaking house blitz. I want to see some engage eight, send eight I people blitzing, just freaking overwhelm the quarterback. Because if we rock pressure on the Penix, we definitely would have had like and especially this is what everyone does in the NFL. I can guarantee you, you can turn on any football game this Sunday and you will see this. On third down, that's when everybody brings the blitz. You want to get that pressure coming into the backfield, whether it's third and short, third and long, whatever it is. You want to bring the pressure because the sooner you can get the quarterback out of the – well, the ball out of his hands, like if the play is not set or his wide receiver is not fully running his route or whatever, then it's going to work in your favor and you force him off the field. And that's one of the things that we suck at the most is just getting the other team's offense off of the field. Like we can count – I think it was maybe once or twice that Indiana punted the whole game. Like I think they started off with two touchdowns and then like three field goals before they ever ended up punting the ball. And – if you're not going to get any takeaways, then, I mean, you're not really doing your job as a defense, in my opinion. Uh, two punts in the end of the second. So, there you go. Wow, two punts. Uh, yeah. Um, but I completely agree. So, now, here's the thing. This is what I did not see, and I don't like it defensively. Um, as a defensive strategy. Uh, ESPN is so awful with the ads kicking in. Um, but anyway, 
as a defensive team, you want to confuse Penix as much as possible. You mm-hmm. do not want him thinking every play, okay, you know, they're dropping three, they're dropping two, they're doing cover four, they're doing this. You want to bring a corner. You want to bring an outside linebacker. You want to bring an inside linebacker. You want to do a stunt up the front, you know, maybe have the end and the defensive lineman kind of switch as far as responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So have the defensive lineman shoot out to the outer, like C-gap or whatever. Have the defensive end come in. Confuse the O-line. You want Penix on his back every play. He's hurt already. If he's on his back, he's going to be scared. He's yeah. going to be watching. He's going to be what's called hearing footsteps. If that's the case, then when he sees somebody coming, he's going to rush it. And offense is completely about timing. Mm-hmm. Wide receivers are taught how many steps to run on certain routes. If you rush it, they're not going to look for the ball. They're going to be looking late. The ball is going to be throw overthrown. It's going to be underthrown. It's going to hit them. You know, it's going to hit them in the back. They're not even going to realize it's thrown yet. You have to disrupt, like you were just saying. And we didn't do that. I never saw. I mean, I'm, I saw blitzes and I saw the front, the front four rushing, but that third down play was like that was our Achilles heel. That was that was a killer because once that momentum was picked up by Indiana and they marched on the field. And we couldn't do anything after that. I mean, it was just, you know, they got so far and it was just, and even, even kicking it deep. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times, like if you watch, if you watch NFL, you watch, uh, you watch these guys and they'll line up like they're going to kick it deep and the kicker will just tip it and he'll stay on it. I mean, why couldn't we have done something like that? Now, if they don't have it in the playbook, that's fine. I get it. But it's not it that hard to, to talk out. It's not that hard to talk out. You just tell the kicker, onside kick it straight ahead. You follow it, it goes 10 yards, you jump on it. Literally, I think everyone was wanting, uh, like, Heldon to do an onside kick in the fourth quarter, regardless of what it was, because the defense just kept giving up yardage and points basically every possession. Like, it just got so old. It was like clockwork. Every time I'd be third down for Indiana, all of us would try to get fired up, and then – they would just execute some play like it was like first down and it was no big deal at all. Like we, there was just no pressure at all. It's really sad. I don't know if you can blame that on the D line. I don't know if you can blame that on the linebackers or what, but there Ooh. needs to be more blitz clawed because if you're just trying to do this whole bend don't break thing where you're trying to not give up like a big 20 plus yard pass or whatever at any given moment, then you're, you're just going to get beat every single time. And our run defense, I mean, they still let uh, Stephen Carr, he ran for over 100 yards, and that was still a big issue. And I, I'll go ahead and tell you, I did a Q&A with uh, the Only Colors. It's a uh, Michigan State blog. It's their SB Nation affiliate. And, uh, see, they did a return interview with me, too. So they asked me about Western and everything. And I'll go ahead and tell you what I had to say about our defense was not very good. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't blame you as far as the defense is concerned because it's very, it's concerning, but it's kind of like a Brom thing. If, if you're not concerned with, if you want, if you just want to get the offense back on the field with keep scoring 60 points, then your defense doesn't matter. Um, but you just, you need something, 
And another um, thing that got on my nerves too, it was one of the my keys and the things that I mentioned in my prediction or whatever was talking about don't bury yourself into a hole. And what did we do? We were down fourteen nothing at the beginning of the game. So I mean, once again, it's just about stopping those initial drives, those opening drives, and actually being able to score early. And that's something that we still can't do. Yeah. Um, okay. You may not have been able to see this from where you were, but watching the game. Uh, the CBS sports guy pointed out that he thought the IU guy touched the punt. Yes, he did touch the punt. They showed the replay. He touched it. And the reason I think he touched it, well, did you see the hand jerk? Yeah. Yeah, that's when I went, yeah, he touched that. See, like some of the things that bothered me too was like mental lapses like that. And also, I mean, I didn't see the actual thing. Like people were telling me on the towel rack when I was tweeting about it, but when Indiana was kicking a field goal and we were called for offsides and then they missed it and then they got five yards more and then they kicked it and they made it that time. But they, a lot of people were saying we weren't even offsides for that. Could you really tell? I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell on that one. Um, but that's still so messed up if we actually were like, well, one, if we weren't offsides and it was called then that's just getting screwed over Two, if we were offsides, then that's just horrible discipline to be offsides on a field goal like that. Cause if they would have missed that field goal, guess what? We would have won. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Western historically has never been able to get calls. Yeah. Even, even in their home. own building. And I will say, I was thinking about this during the game. Jake, my old partners in the podcast used to R. always R. talk about RIP Jake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's not dead. Just so everybody knows. Uh, but anyway, so he always talked about how his statistically speaking teams that were all black had more penalties than teams who did not. Mm-hmm. That was more in basketball though. Well, I still think football applies. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we did um, have a lot of penalties, so I mean, it makes sense. And, and we did, we did have some ridiculous penalties and, and even Matt talks about it in his article. Uh, if you haven't read the article, go back and look it up. Uh, on the Towerax uh, page, Medium page, or Twitter, or whatever you want to look it up on. Uh, because Matt is very analytical for an uh, insurance person, which makes mm-hmm. sense. It's a great job for him. Uh, and he really breaks it down very well overall. Um, but if you have a bunch of penalties, which let me see how many we actually had. Not the game kit. Yeah, so it'll be work. Uh we didn't have any turnovers, which is a positive. Let me see team stats. There we go. Uh, we had nine penalties, yeah, fifty-nine yards. Yeah, and and it's and when IU has four penalties for twenty yards, which by the way, that's five per yard. That's five yards per penalty. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got a net of thirty-nine yards there. That's you've got to have. You got to play smart football, is what I'm saying here. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's that's killer. Um, and they had 507 yards on us. I mean, it's not good at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God. I mean, it's just that I don't like our defensive scheme right now because it's not working. Just bend, don't break. Because I mean, if you give up 500 yards every game and it try to get your offense to bail you out, then you're not pulling your weight. Yeah, and it's. I have never liked bend, but don't break. I mean, and yeah. honestly, I was having some PTSD from the uh, Sanford era with that. Mm-hmm. 
with the punt and then dropping nine. And it was just, I mean, it's kind of like that little meme with the little Chihuahua dog with the PTSD thing. It's just like, <laughs> it was like, Oh my gosh, you know, this is like Marshall, that Marshall game all over again. Um, yeah. And it goes back to like the 2014 season. That's what a lot of people are comparing this to is that that was when our first year in conference USA Brahms first year, that our offense was still spectacular and we were a good team, but yet our defense gave up so much that that was yeah. why we went seven and five and we couldn't do any better than that. Well, yeah, I, I agree. Um, so statistically, IU had 507 yards. We had 458. We allowed 507 yards there. That is, that's not good at all. Uh, mm-hmm. completions to attempts 35 of 53. So Penix was just having a day. Dude yeah, threw he had all day to throw. Yeah, he did. He, he threw 373 yards. That's, that's wild. And I mean, that was one of my points in my prediction is, is if Penix, if you can neutralize him, you can win the game. We didn't even neutralize him and we still almost won the game. Yeah. We only lost by two, which by the way, I don't like moral victories, but this is a pretty good moral victory in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Two points on the Indiana Hoosiers, who were ranked 17th, is pretty pretty good. Um, time of well, possession. They, well, they were ranked preseason 17, not currently. Well, no, no, no. That's what I meant. When before they played Iowa and lost and kept losing. Uh, but anyway, uh, time of possession. I mean, they stomped us. 38 minutes overall. I mean, we had 21 minutes of time of possession. So maybe the defense was just getting gassed. I mean, maybe they were tired. They were something. <laughs> it wasn't very good either. <laughs> uh, I did. I thought Bailey Zapp played really well. Yeah. I thought he did good. Um, Whitting, Whittington. Yeah, Whittington's probably our best running back right now. Yeah, He did pretty good. Uh, Stearns, man, that dude was in. That was He was catching everything all day. Mm-hmm. I thought he did really well. Um, overall, I think the guys did really well. Uh, I agree with Matt. Uh, he's not really here to talk or debate his points, but um, I think overall everybody played decent. The defensive backs had a rough night. They had a rough night with Penix, um, and I, I thought they—I thought they did decent. What did you think? Uh, I mean. They did pretty good. I mean, Breath, uh, Breathwaite and also uh, Kincaid, both of them had a combined almost 30 tackles between them. So, yeah. I mean, the corners, they were doing their job. But yet at the same time, I mean, they're going to get burned eventually if they just keep getting targeted every single play, basically. So, I mean, it was just like a lot of miscues and stuff that I remember seeing with the defense where they were a little further off of their de- receiver than they probably should have been and stuff like that. But... I mean, if we aren't able to bring any pressure on a quarterback, then it's just really hard to watch. I mean, it was just a struggle at watching Indiana every single time they had the ball because, I mean, they made it look so effortless, even if they were only getting like maybe 7 to 12 yards every play or whatever. It's just the yeah. fact that we couldn't stop them, and it was like that basically the whole game. Like, it was so annoying. So we had a, we had a 40% probability to win that game, according to ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they said, what was it? The spread was like three. I don't remember. Uh, have, I can't remember. I'd have to look it up, but I think the spread was like two or three. So, uh, actually 
The line had IU at nine and a half, which, by the way, yeah, uh, nope. Um, what, I, I don't, okay. So, what corrections are you trying to make this week if you're a defensive coach getting ready for Michigan State? Sack the quarterback. Get in the backfield as soon as you can. <laughs> that, okay. So that is a good strategy sometimes. Um, the reason I say that is, is if you've got a D lineman that's just going to shoot straight up field, then I'm, as an offensive coach, then I'm going to want to do what's called a trap, mm-hmm. and I'm going to run right up the gut. Yeah. Um, I think they need to be aggressive. I think you need to turn them loose. Um, I agree. And let them use their instincts as far as, uh, is this too easy? Mm-hmm. I had a football coach uh, who always said, smell a rat. Mm-hmm. For instance, and the reason he said that was because like on screen passes, if you watch like defensive linemen on a screen pass, if they're smart, they're going to think this is too easy. There's no reason this should be this easy. And they'll kind of hang back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guys who aren't thinking and just rushing ahead, those are the ones who are not, quote, smelling the rat because something's not right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, they need to be – you need the guys, they got to play by instincts. They have to have good instincts, good football instincts. Um, I'm going to try and confuse the defense. I am a, I want to cause chaos with the offense. The offense is a machine – and I mean, it would be kind of like you pop your hood and you just start throwing in metal shavings into your engine or something. You know, you're going to, you want to disrupt this machine as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, so you want to do corner blitzes. You want to do safety blitzes. You want to do free safety blitzes. You want to do middle linebacker, outside linebacker. You want somebody coming extra every play. Yeah. Um, and you don't want them to know from where. I mean, delayed blitzes. You want them showing blitz, but not blitzing. You know, you want these guys going, where are we, you know, where's it coming from this time? Mm-hmm. And you want the quarterback on his back every time. Yeah. Um, and you got to go to Michigan State, to Lansing. So, God. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, 75,000 seat capacity stadium. Um, it, okay. So, sadly, the quarterback's name is Thorn this week. It's not a penis reference. Dang it. It's going to be a thorn in our side, though. Da, da, dum, bum. <laughs> welcome yeah thank you um i know i just wish i had this queued up so we could go uh there we go i feel like i'm on a chuck Lorre special <laughs> like an old andy griffith show or something oh, yeah, man. with the laugh tracks um so western's got michigan state this week michigan state's ranked 17th um the game's at 7 30 eastern on Saturday, the second, <sighs> it's going to be playing on FS1. So for those of you who have that, you know, watch the game, uh, listen on the IMG network, um, support the tops the best way you can. And if you don't, you know, maybe hopefully we can get it on Hilltop Revolt. Which, by the way, again, I don't know how he's doing it, but bravo, dude, bravo. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially. ESPN's Football Power Index has MSU winning 9 out of 10 games. That sounds right. And that's probability. So Western has a chance. You're telling me there's a chance. Yep. (laughs) Uh, 
So, Jared, what are your uh, what are you thinking as far as what the Western's chances are? What do we need to do to win? Um, it's going to have to be the most miraculous turnaround for our defense that has probably ever happened in the history of college football. Because the biggest issue they have is run defense, and Kenneth Walker III is the running back for Michigan State. And guess what? He he's already at like 550 yards on the season, just four games in. He's a Dang. really they have they're a really good run heavy team. So it's going to be one of those really good off, run offensive teams versus our not very good run defensive team, and. I don't see that ending well for us at all. <laughs> like I haven't heard back from the Michigan State blog yet, but just yeah, I, everyone knows that our run defense isn't good and their run is really really good. So, I don't know what our answer is going to be to stop him, honestly, from getting like 150 yards. Well, okay, and here's another bad thing is Thorne has 900 yards on the season thus far. He's thrown 100 He's com- he's out of a hundred attempts, he's completed sixty-two. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. So he, literally, I mean, simple math here. He's sixty-two percent passing, nine hundred yards. He's got one interception. Um, you got a running back who's got five hundred and fifty-four yards on the season with five touchdowns. They're pretty much the most balanced team to come around. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if I'm a coach, I'm going to tell the guys, "Hey, we got a chance this week. We can uh, we can upset this." Blah 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 blah. But secretly, I'm thinking, please, nobody get hurt before we start conference play. <laughs> yeah. Um, see, honestly, this Michigan State team is what we thought the Indiana team we played last week was supposed to be like. Because exactly. They're literally the same ranking. Like Indiana was a preseason 17 team, and now Michigan State is the actual number 17 team. So it's yes. weird how that kind of flip-flopped. But for Western, that's not a good thing at all. <laughs> no, no, I completely agree. Um, and... and Last week, I told I was in my prediction. I stated that I thought West. I was going to bet on the tops, bet on the tops. But I mean, this week, this team's four zero and they're ranked seventeenth, and these aren't paper tigers. And I sadly, I'm going to have to say Michigan State's going to win this one. But um, you're looking at a super powered offense for Western, but like our strongest opponents, our strongest opponents, excuse me, is Army and Indiana. And we both scored about 30 points. And we both we lost both games by like three points and two points respectively. So we were in both of those games, which, by the way, is We amazing. should have won both of those, honestly. Like we if just have. a couple of things changed, we would have won. We should have. We should have won both those games. Um, and, I mean, Michigan State's – I mean, their defense looks pretty tough too. They're only allowing an average of 18 points a game. They've played Miami – who was number 24 at the time. And uh, what is this Youngstown state or something? Yeah. 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 That's, that's not nothing to worry about, but um, you know, they got, yeah, they beat Youngstown state 42, 14. They beat Miami who was number 24 in the nation, 38 to 17. And then they beat Nebraska 23, 20 um, in overtime. So the Nebraska game doesn't concern me that much. The Miami game's the one that I'm going, Ooh, Okay. But Nebraska, well, yeah. Nebraska's kind of fallen off a lot since then. Like Derek King, their quarterback, he's gotten hurt and stuff. Yeah. So. But but Nebraska hasn't been a decent team since like the nineties. Yeah. They're not like a superpower by any means. Um Miami, on the other hand, I mean, they're ranked. 
this is not, this was, you know, on the 18th of September. So this is not like the first, uh, the first week of the, you know, season. This isn't a preseason ranking here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost Alabama. They beat App State, lost to MSU, and they beat who? Central Connecticut. <laughs> mm, wow. Okay. So their so their resumes aren't really helping them a lot right now. <laughs> um, they're actually two and two in the ACC. Uh, they are behind Pittsburgh, Duke, North Carolina, Georgia Tech, and Virginia Tech. So maybe take that loss with a grain of salt. But I still stand behind that Michigan State's not a paper tiger. Yeah. That, and they're not going to be sleeping on Western either. I can probably tell no. you that as well. Just for the fact that, I mean, us already playing a Big Ten school and almost beating them, they're going to be very aware of that. So, Well, well, okay, I mean, and of course they're going to have the film from both of those games, but my thing is, is with Michigan State, and uh, we've allowed 439.7 yards in the first three games. Which is is god awful for a defense. Yeah, I mean, like that's like half your truck doesn't work. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, like you need both parts of the truck to work perfectly, or you know, the the truck's not going to drive. Yeah. Where Michigan State has allowed three hundred ninety six point five yards, um, so that's two hundred on the ground and about a hundred rushing yards where Western's allowed 200 rushing yards and 215 passing yards. Um, it's, it's not going to be pretty. I, I hate to say that folks, but before we start conference play, it's not going to be very pretty at all. I had a gut feeling we would be one in three going into our conference play, which sucks because we actually could have won two of those. We could have been, well, I mean, if we lose this Saturday, we'd just be three and one, which looks a lot better than one in three. But that's just kind of the reality of where we're at now, unfortunately. But, I mean, I gave them a prediction. I can let you know what it is before our predictions article. Because they asked okay. for one, and I asked the Michigan State people for one, too. I haven't heard back. I'll have, probably have it tomorrow. But I still think we can score against them. Like like you said, I mean, their defense still gives up a decent amount of yardage and stuff. I, my final score prediction was kind of high scoring. It was 45, Michigan State, us 31. I think that that's we could probably cool. score. We could score that much, but it's going to be that run that's going to be killing us absolutely all night on Saturday. If we can't stop the run, then it's going to be bad. I completely agree. I was actually going to say 42-21, so mm-hmm. I feel like they they can easily score six touchdowns easy. Um, yeah. And like you said, I feel like the run is going to be the problem. They're going to eat a lot of clock. And they're going to take advantage of that. And we're going to, Zap's going to try and do the raid, the air raid stuff. And, you know, it's just one of those that you're like, uh, you know, I don't know if this is going to work out that well. Um, See, I think it'll be the opposite for some reason this weekend, that we actually show up and do really well and make it a close game, maybe until about halftime, and then just get the rails beat off of us at the end. I, okay, I, I will I will agree with that. I think there's going to be one quarter where Western just doesn't come out. And then, you know, then they try to show up in the fourth quarter and score, you know, two or three touchdowns and, you know, pull it within two scores or something. You know, something crazy like that. Kind of like we did with Army. 
Yeah. Where the whole third quarter we didn't score at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, but looking ahead to conference play, I think we've got a lot of good. I think there's a lot of good that we can see coming out of the non-conference here. Mm-hmm. Um, Western has struggled. Yes, we're one and two, but I think we've got a decent shot in Conference USA this year. Uh, see, you don't I'm think still- so? I, we have to fix our defense. It's I agree. non-negotiable at this point. If you want to remember, after Michigan State, our first conference game is against UTSA, which is the best team in the conference, in my opinion, right now. So they just came yeah. out with a win from Memphis. So I'm not looking forward to that first game conference playing UTSA. Well, That's going to be tough. Well, they beat Illinois, which, eh. Illinois it's a Big Ten school. Really. That's something we've never done. They beat a Big, big Ten school. Well, they also beat uh, Lamar Cardinals. They're I don't know who that is. Uh, they beat MTSU, which who hasn't? And then they played Memphis. This week they've got UNLV, and then they got they've got us next week. But yeah, they are four and zero right now. So yeah, I mean you can't you can't you know you can't scoff at them. Uh, I uh, UTSA could be a good game. Oh, it will be a good game. I mean, they're probably going to be 5-0. UNLV, I don't think they've won a game all year. So, I mean, they'll be entering that game undefeated. And it will either be trying to get back on track after getting beat by a nationally ranked team or having our heads in the clouds from beating one, which I think it'll probably be the first of that. But, I mean, we, I mean, it would be good to beat UTSA. That would definitely help get the momentum that we need to hopefully win out in conference play. I mean, it's doable, but like I said, the defense has to get better. We can't be giving up 300, 400 yards total offense per game. Like, we can't be letting the other teams come and just light up the scoreboard and expect your offense to bail you out. Yeah, bend but bend but don't break doesn't work for me. I, I would hate it. Have it. It wasn't <laughs> like that under Clayton White, at least in his last few seasons there, but. No, yeah. I miss him. I miss I miss Coach White. I hope he enjoys say. getting beat by Kentucky at South Carolina. <laughs> hey, I wish him all the best. I liked Coach White. I still like Coach White. Um and, and you gotta move on. You can't stay at Western forever. Um we're we're still we're not a destination school yet, so of course I would love to have like like Nick Saban when he gets tired and of being at Alabama. Oh, let, yeah, let's right. let Western be his retirement school, right? Uh, he'll probably just retire and hang out with his grandkids at that point in his pool. <laughs> there was a video I saw on TikTok talking about Nick Saban. Uh, every morning for breakfast, he has two Little Debbie's oatmeal cakes. Those are pretty good. I don't blame him. They are good, but I was just like, that's all you have for breakfast. He's, and then, of course, you know, he, in the video, he's like, if I don't get it, I'm pretty upset. And then, of course, it goes on to show him just going off on somebody. Yeah. And it was like, I guess he didn't get his breakfast that morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, uh, Western's got Michigan State. Like I said, we're going to be playing them. It's going to be on FS1, 730 Eastern, 630 Central. Uh, so, for those of you who are not able to go to East Lansing, Michigan, you know, check this game there. Capacity 75,000. I don't know... I don't know with COVID because I've always I've heard rumors that the Michigan governor is pretty strict up there, 
So I don't know if they'll be able to hold that many in that state. Oh, they probably will. I mean, I imagine the big house and like University of Michigan, it's been full. So I don't know okay. why Michigan okay. State wouldn't be. Okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll, that's fine. I like I said, I'm not sure, um, but I'll, I'll go with what you're saying, Jared. I completely agree. Uh, ten and a half is that too much or too little? Uh, for the spread. I mean, it's just hard to say. I mean, I don't know if we can cover or not. <laughs> I don't know if we could either. I, I honestly think two scores is where we're at. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I have too. Just two touchdowns, which that's respectable. Yes. If yes. we can actually do that, that's great. But if we get beat like fifty-six to fourteen, that's going to be a lot different. Yes, that's that's going to be completely depressing. <laughs> yeah, that's going to put and all the windows say, from the sales. I will say, I, if if we get beat fifty-six to fourteen, like that is completely disrespectful from Michigan State. Well, I mean, they're trying to get the yardage and stuff, try to go up in their rankings and everything. I don't blame them. Yeah, but I, I, I would. I, I'm the nice guy, I guess. I'm beating you by three scores, and I'm putting in my second. Stream. Unless it's Marshall. I'm, unless it's Marshall. Then I remember I want to be when we beat them. I think it was like sixty to three or something like that. That was beautiful. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was a, a very beautiful moment in Western history, uh, and of course, beating them, uh, beating them the first well, not probably not the first time we played them, but when they were ranked, that was that's a beautiful moment too. Oh yeah, that was our first year in Conference USA, so I think that was. Okay, okay. Um, speaking of rivals, that's a good transition, Jared. Uh, with Western possibly moving conferences and some of our rivals moving conferences, which rivalries do you miss the most? Well, well, there are a few. And the reason why we're talking about this for people who haven't seen is that we finally rescheduled Murray state in basketball, which makes me (laughs) so happy because that has been an old school rivalry since the beginning of time, basically for us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the biggest sellout crowd in WKU history in basketball was like 14,000 or so in Diddle arena in 71. And that was against Murray state. So, I mean, just that whole rivalry goes back all the way to then and probably then some, I mean, 50 years ago. And we stopped playing them. And I heard from both sides that, like, it was Murray's fault that they weren't scheduling us anymore or vice versa. But we should be on their schedule again by 2023 in basketball is what the Murray State's uh, sports posted. And that was from their verified account and scheduling the home and home. It's going to be a four-year series where I assume we'll just go back and forth. I don't know if it starts in Bowling Green or in Murray, but we'll alternate and I'm just glad that that's back because one of the first games I went to as a student at Western was Murray State uh, in Diddle Arena playing against them. And that was way before even John Morant was there. I think that was when Cameron Payne was there. And we won. It was a really close game. And it's just always such a really, really good game except for the lat- the latter years of when we were playing. And they were starting to get the best of us, which I hated. But it makes yeah. me happy that we're finally playing the Racers again. Uh, it's just a good in-state rivalry game. And we're also playing Eastern in basketball this year, too. So we'll still have them probably until we play Murray, and then we might transition to Murray instead. But, I mean, as far as basketball, that was the one I was missing the most was Murray State. I'm glad that it's back. Same with Eastern. I would like to see us play Northern Kentucky, though. I would love <laughs> to see that. 
because it's not technically like a rivalry game or anything, but it's one Kentucky directional school versus another one, and I feel like it needs to exist. I don't know about you. I would love to see a Western – or not a Western, a Kentucky tournament. Oh, it's been talked about. Well, yeah, Stan's talked about it, but, you know, like, no, none of the other schools really – none of the none of the major schools really bought into it. They just kind of laughed of it off. Of course they don't. They don't want to get beat. Well, they don't want to get beat, and they don't want to be embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, talking about rivals, Murray was a was a rival way before I got to Western. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually used to, and I don't know if we still do, we have the Red Belt at Western. Yeah, most people don't even know about that, which is sad. Yes, so the Red Belt is a story that my boss, when I worked at Western, the head athletic trainer, Bill Edwards loaned a belt to the Murray state trainer and the Murray state trainer, the belt was red as a joke. And he, the, and he thought it was hilarious. My boss thought it was great. And it it is, it is pretty funny. Uh, So at the end of the night, you know, he went over to get his belt back and the trainer said, well, you got to beat us in football next year. Mm -hmm. So the next year comes around and my boss is expecting just to have a, a belt rolled up and handed to him. Well, Murray apparently made a big deal out of this <laughs> and went out and made a plaque and basically put the belt on a plaque and went back God knows how many years to the first time we played Murray and they had a, a plaque put on there for every game that we had played. Mm-hmm. And it is the the Red Belt. That is the Red Belt series. And see, I think that's great because there's so many other rivalries like Washington, Washington State, like the Apple Cup. I know that there's other different random inanimate objects that teams interchange, like the giant boot. I've seen that for teams. I can't remember all the specific ones that exist, but I think that's cool that we have one. And even though they are still FCS, I mean, as far as playing them in football, just to bring that back, I think is a really cool thing to do. I would be more okay with basketball than football. Yeah, because basketball, um, at least they're competitive. Yes. Yeah, it's competitive. There's a chance to win or lose. But with football, like, I want to get some bigger teams in here. I want to get some bigger teams, some better teams. I want to, I mean, Western getting beat by, you know, number one Alabama or Georgia or whoever. Yeah, that's not as fun. But, like, Indiana, that's a fun game for me. Mm-hmm. And apparently to 25,000 Western fans, too. Before um, halftime, though. Yeah, before halftime because their drunk ass is going to leave. Um, but I still think but we like, should have a giant moonshine jug that we interchange between Marshall and us because if we yes. legally made that the moonshine throwdown and have just a giant moonshine mug or something or jug, that we yes. yeah sorry you know what I mean I'm a coffee person today's National Coffee Day I have coffee on my brain <laughs> and you could put moonshine in a mug too I mean there's some people that you do could put like- water you could put water in that jug and let somebody drink out of it and everyone would think that that was moonshine. Yeah, or you could make it actual moonshine and just make sure the players that drink out of it are over 21. I mean, that works, too. (laughs) You could, you could. Although Um, there was a Georgia Southern player that was suspended because he was on top of a bus drinking a beer in front of a crowd before the game, and he got suspended for that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, But, like, we're talking rivalries. Um, I would love to have that. Um, I don't know what we would do with MTSU, though. Like, Honestly, I mean, we just beat them, and that's our rivalry at this point. That, that's yes. all it really is. 
But okay, so you know who we, I would like to schedule again before go. we end stuff. Uh, I want to see us play Louisiana Lafayette in both sports because I feel like that would be still competitive. Like I don't know how they are basketball wise now, but I know obviously football wise are really really good. And yeah. every time we played them, I mean you know this too from Sun Belt era and everything. Those were always really good games for the most part. And especially yes. now that their football program is even better now. I mean, I think that that would be a good one to bring back. And I remember senior night when Sean Long and Alfred Payton and them were on that really good Louisiana Lafayette basketball team, like how fun of an environment that was. So, I mean, if we were to schedule anyone at Sunbelt from the time that we were there, I'd definitely choose Louisiana Lafayette. And they will never just be the University of Louisiana either. Never. No, 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 no. Louisiana Lafayette, Raging Cajuns. Yeah. Um, they were the team that we snapped our big losing streak on. Yeah. Uh, that's the one that Matt was crying. I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> hey, I don't blame him. First off, emo- Matt is a very emotional guy and I, God love him. Mm-hmm. But like, that was a, an amazing day when that streak mm-hmm. was snapped. There was a lot of weight lifted off people's shoulders. And before that was snapped, before that streak was snapped, like, it almost became to the point like people were like, can we win? You know, is West, is it possible for Western to win? I mean, I, I was thinking that I don't know about some of the other players, but I was thinking that because it was, it was, it's a depressing time. Like, you know, you go to practice and you're like, why am I here? Yeah. And and just the morale with all the university reps too, like thinking about, should we even have a football program if it's not going to do anything like that's like um, scary. Gosh, what was his name? Uh, his name was Bjorn, but I can't remember his first oh, name. Oh, uh, Ross. Uh, I think he's at Ole Miss now. I may be wrong. Yeah. Ross Bjorn. Yeah. Bjorn. Yeah. Bjorn or Bjorn. I don't remember. Anyway. Uh, but yes, he was the AD at the time. I remembered it, it just, it was, it was amazing. It was one of those things that was just awesome. Um, if we do change conferences and we lose MTSU and Marshall, like, like, okay. For, for instance, like MTSU is a rival that I still like, but they don't care. Like they don't have a fan base anymore. It's no, sad. they're in the gutter. I mean, I mean, it's sad to say, but they're in the gutter, and it's just they're kind of like whatever. Marshall cares. Yeah, I, I mean, we need to keep Ross. Marshall at all costs, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I hate to agree with Ross though, but like they do care. They mm-hmm. they legit care about this, and it's like ugh, but. If they go to like some belt or somewhere like that, I I don't know, you know, like I I don't know who our new rival is going to be, and it's going to be one that I'm going to be sad to see go. Yeah, um, I mean, just depending on what happens, I mean, who knows who will be even left in Conference USA if we stay in it. And that's my thing too. Is there's a lot of talk, and I, I hate to diverge away from what we talked about, but with the rivals, but with with Western. Um, with Western in the rumors of changing conferences, I almost feel like this is a, a musical chairs game and everybody's talking about certain conferences and it's like, okay, you know, are there going to be enough chairs in this conference or are we just going to all just kind of guess? Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, even like, it's not just the big schools either that are moving around, even like the trickle down, like heck freaking Belmont just went from the OVC to the Missouri Valley conference now. So yeah. that's pretty big for them because the Missouri Valley Conference in basketball is one of the best mid-major yeah. conferences as far as I'm concerned. They always are a multi-bid league. 
And if Belmont is able to get in that, then hopefully they'll be able to still make the NCAA tournament if they lose their conference championship game after winning like 28 games in a season, which is still yeah, so annoying that they didn't get a bid the, a couple of years ago. But I'm really glad for them to see them make that step up. But I mean, that just shows. I mean, it's everywhere. It's not just, it's not even like FC, it's FBS level, it's FCS level. It's just a lot of moving around right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, even if Western was allowed in the Atlantic, the athletic, what was it? Is it at, American Atlantic Athletic or? Conference? There we go. <laughs> I just could say not AAC. remember. AAC. Yes, they, just call it well, that. With the, with the AAC, okay. There you go. With the AAC, like, it's a lot more money to get in there. And Western's got boosters, but I don't know if they're going to be able to foot the bill, you know? Uh, hopefully, we can Either get Tyler more. Higby to sign a max extension at Los Angeles. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, be like, hey, you up? <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, Captain Jack, can you uh, can you send us a little money? How much do you need? Uh, a couple hundred thousand dollars at least. Billions and billions. Yes, <laughs> yes Doctor Evil. Um, <laughs> billion dollars. Um, but I will be sad to see some of these rivalries go, but I will be excited to see some of the new rivalries coming in. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, we, um, if we're still in the same conference as UAB at the end of all of this, I would love for us to have a bigger rivalry with them because we already kind of do. It's yeah. just it, it's not exactly like we don't have a name for it. We don't have as much like feelings to put into it until we play each other. And then there's something that happens. And then like we're all shaming each other on Twitter again. So <laughs> which is so much fun, right? Oh, it was so fun, <laughs> especially when we got screwed over when we played in the conference tournament down there in basketball and we lost to them. There was that Twitter after all of that was that was a dumpster fire, but it was great. <laughs> it, it was just like after the moonshine throwdown, the inaugural game, just reading all of the angry tweets of everyone and then triggering them even more about rubbing it in their face. <laughs> I love it. Uh, check out the Western game, uh, FS1. I'm uh, going to be in East Lansing, so don't go to Houch. Um, don't go to West and, Lansing either. Yeah, don't go to West West Lansing, North Lansing, or South Lansing. Uh, <laughs> it's in East Lansing, 7.30 a.m. Yeah, 7.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, 6.30 Central. Uh, it's going to be this Saturday. Uh, check back with us next week. We'll recap that game. The Tower Rack will have the uh, game recap and live tweets so if you're not able to actually watch the game check out the live tweets uh kind of get our opinion on that too and uh check back here next week we'll talk about it we'll talk about a conference play all right mm-hmm. all right thanks there guys thanks for listening if you made it this far we appreciate your support like share and subscribe uh we really do appreciate it and as always go tops go tops